Hi, I'm Richie Mackay. And I'm David Bolt, and you are listening to The Wrong Bias Podcast. On show 44, we review the Scottish International Open. We look back on our final live streaming road trip to Glasgow. We discuss a little Bowles retailing news. And we doff our cap to the dashing Sam Tolshard. As always, thanks to XX20, Lean to Succeed and Bowles is Bowles for their continued support of the podcast. Here we are again, mate. Show 44, and the wedding anniversary gift is an electronic device. (laughs) 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 You understand why we're laughing in the Christmas bloopers. (laughs) Maybe it's a little electronic clock or something like iPad for the man and a woman, maybe it's a dishwasher. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good dishwasher. Hair straighteners. (laughs) That's better than what we said. Anyway, you'll have to tune into that one. Anyway, man, on our last podcast, we mentioned about unsporting behaviour. And have you seen that they've introduced a new rule? World balls. Oh, I heard about this. Apparently, if if you're not not stopping the ball or something, is that the one? That's the one, mate. Do you know what you said? There's no rule to stop you from hoofing the ball as it's coming into your head. Well, well, now you're not allowed to stop the opponent's ball. So they've obviously listened to the podcast and thought there's a hole in our hole in our uh, constitution, eh? This is the poll we've got, come it. It's the poll we've got. We're dominating world balls now. <laughs> that, or we didn't realise that they'd made the decision. <laughs> but apparently, if you stop the opponent's ball, you forfeit the game. Forfeit the game? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you forfeit the game. But if, if it's... I don't know whether it's um, you stop the opponent's ball going into the ditch. Whether I don't think that counts, but I think if you stop the opponent's ball going into the head, oh, you, you you forfeit the game. That there is a punishment now. Right, that's well, that's fair enough. I mean, that's this is this is the point we made, wasn't it? Because we said, what's to stop you if there was a ball coming close in a crucial part of the game and and going up and hoofing it out of the way? There's not there's nothing in there to say that. What, what would the what would the outcome be? So I don't. That's yeah, I understand that. I'd sort of heard that it was obviously if balls is passing by the head and they were about to roll off the edge of the ditch, you know, you've got to actually let them roll into the ditch now. Yeah. Uh-huh. You do. The only thing I would say is what happens if the ball's coming up and looking like it's gonna hit somebody's leg or something like that, or what's what's the crack there, I suppose. But well, you said that'd be the leg and you the play short. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, I've, I've already thought of two or three people who's going to enforce this rule, rule straight away. <laughs> you'll, have to, you'll have to clarify, mate. You'll have to have, there's actually, a, on oh. the World Bowls, the new, I think it's the 14th edition or something, there's a, a chart on the back that uh, displacement of balls, and, and I've read it and I couldn't understand it. 
I'd be, um, I'd be made a little precursor to that to basically say that you're allowed to ask your opponents if you're allowed to stop it and remove it from no. the head. So no complaint. No. I can understand the ball going into the head bit, but... No, you know, you've got to well, leave them alone. Stand clear. Stand clear. Not that'll ever happen. Not that I've ever seen it happen, what we said. Congrats on your England trial, mate. Back in the fold. Did you have a I crack would, at it? I'd a bit think about it and... We'll give it a try. Well, why not? Certainly, why not? And uh, as Mr. Hartley said, he's just carrying your bag again. <laughs> There's a team there that's won seven off the bounce. I was obviously I was part of three of them, I think, something like that. But um, three or four, I don't know. It'd be nice to see Paul get his opportunity or Johnny's in there as well, isn't he, from up yeah. here? Yeah, there's a few in from yeah. the north, mate. They're all, oh, well, best of British, mate. See what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens, eh? Right, mate. Got to see the National Open took place after our last podcast. And you went in, you, pl- you played uh, Stuart Anderson. I'm going to say it. You can always say you lost to the winner. Great, isn't it? Great. Uh, great. Does that make you feel yeah. better? Uh, yeah. I mean, everybody says, well, it must make you feel great when you've lost the winner. Oh, it's class, eh? Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I watched the game and you, the first set was, the scoreline was harsh, I thought. Some bits and bobs just didn't go your way. Second set, you bounced back. And tie breaks, tie breaks, and you had a couple of opportunities. That's exactly how I summed up the game. First set was it was really harsh. I, I felt I started off really well. I think I lay a really good three first end, and uh, I think the the big difference in the game was Stewie took his chances, and I didn't. I, I did have two chances in the tie breaker. I had one draw on the first end, and then. Just had to make contact with the ball, I think, with the second. But the only thing, but I, I wish I'd been able to, to get up there a little bit earlier and just test the pace of the grain out and the rink out beforehand because I think I would have probably changed my balls. And I was just about out there. I was just right. about to and The only reason, stupidly, I didn't was because my balls were the same colour as Stu's. And I went, well, this is going to look rubbish on the stream and this. See, if we didn't do this, I wouldn't, <laughs> give, a, I wouldn't have given a CRA. Uh, you know? uh, I just thought, oh, it's not going to be very good for you. I'll stick with it. But it was, it was fine. It's not it's certainly not. I'm certainly not making that excuse for the game. Can have a battle against you. He's absolutely top notch. But away from there, generally happy with the performance, and it sort of is a bit of a precursor for Potter's. Because yeah, well, you meet him down there, don't you? Well, meet, yeah, we'll meet again. I mean, he's. I would say he's probably going to be tougher again down there. But hopefully, um, we'll see how it goes. It's so, all on the day. I mean, you you were saying that you would have liked a little bit more time to get used to it but uh, Gary Smith from up here I mean he got a late call up a very late call up mind you because mm-hmm. um, the USA guy didn't uh, come over um, and, and I know Gary was didn't travel up till Tuesday wow. and he played the Tuesday night and uh, he wasn't sure I was, I was talking to Gary and he wasn't sure what balls to use and he was talking to Paul Foster and Paul Foster said oh you don't want to be using them mind you on there because it was I think was, he got the end drink and of course Gary didn't have a, an option because he didn't have another set of balls with him I don't think well my preparation was really good because I was down in Lincoln for the Grand Prix on the day so I'd got five really good solid games in down there uh, which I thought was going to give us really good competitive practice going up and it, and it did I was you know I was in good touch of course six C went out first round pick of the wins Australia's Jack East win over Mark Dawes Canada's Gary Pickerins win over Alex Marshall but unfortunately they all went out all six of them went out in the next round talked to, to Stu about this after the game takes all the seeds is no disrespect to anybody in the past but there was always games there where it was like this is the this is the one I want Aye. But I think a lot of the qualifiers now are really, really top-notch qualifiers. Four easy games down there now. It's really good. I think it'll be another cracking world championship this year. Great ties. I'm in a lovely quarter. Don't know if you've seen it. 
<laughs> you've got bad enough played steward the first round it's like hitting a car on the motorway and then getting through the car and then going through two big lorries at the same time it's like really easy like ah, it's good it's overall good. overall mate the event's well supported by the club members by the club well supported yeah really really, really well supported yeah, the v- VIP tables around us down the side same as if they were all taken up shot the block all day Really, really good. I know there's been some feedback, a few little bits and pieces, but again, this is it's a brand new event again. So it's re, you know it's been reignited, it's been reinvented again, and it's it's done in a different way. So just like the UK Open last year, there's always things that some people are not happy about, or or they think is really good. You know, I know Jason takes that on board, and he'll be he'll be looking to, to probably tweak here and there. But it wouldn't be event if it didn't get a little bit critique. Critique, I think, is you've got to take it as a positive thing. It's yeah. you know we can all turn around and say oh, it's just people whinging, but you can you can either look at it and say, well, no, what you're actually saying is wrong because it wouldn't work because Aye. they don't understand what's going on behind the scenes. But some of that critique could be something where you go, you know what it is. I I mean I, I heard something during the day, and it was something to do with the scoreboards, and it was actually one of the players that approached the desk and just said, can we do something with those scoreboards? And because the the other spectators want to see what's happening with the games. And that they're not getting a very good view of it yeah. from where it was, and and straight away they says, "Yep, that'll, that'll be sorted." So it's good. It's good to have things like that. Yeah, I always think if you don't get critique, you, so like you don't know whether you're doing it right or whether people's just saying just going along with it for the sake of it. I, I always think there's very very good critique, and then there's people who just critique for the sake of winning yeah. because they just don't grasp out everything that's happening in the background and and what's going on and what actually needs to take place for these things to happen. You know, if it's a, if it's something specific about the event which is going to benefit the event that's great critique if it's somebody just whinging and mourning because the money's rubbish or it's too expensive or there's two bigger gaps in between games think about the people who's running it you know what yeah. i mean it's it's not as easy as just turning up and no. just getting games rolling and rolling and rolling game after game after game so yeah I mean, i think what a lot of people are not realizing is that the streaming went out but uh, up to about po- possibly two or three days before the event, there was the streaming was going to be in doubt because the Wi-Fi was crap. And Jason was on a right old panic, well, pulled out yeah. all the stops. He ended up getting Wi-Fi boosters. In fact, it got that bad. He got boosters to boost the boosters, and it wasn't the speed that the the company wanted optical media, but it was enough to get the, get the airstream out. And I think there was a couple of occasions where it did freeze a little bit bit suffering buffering but it was very rare but so like so that in the background that people don't take on board or they don't know about they don't they don't grasp it and and it's that getting to that point people have got to understand it's like there's been massive progress people are starting to be able to watch these events they've twisted and worn for ages why are these events not shown why are we not getting to see this that and the other Yes, it would have been nice if it was on BBC Scotland, but BBC Scotland, what people also need to understand is pulled out and, and dropped the competition right on its backside. Because Very late on and all, wasn't it? It was, because they turned around and said that would have far too much coverage in the Commonwealth Games. Now, for me, it's like the coverage of the Commonwealth Games should have spurred more coverage because I thought, for me, it was one of the standout events. So I know they've, they've obviously got things behind the scenes that they've got to do and criteria that they've got to meet. But again, it's it's just making the point that for you sit there and, and have a good twist and mourn and just put something across in a way of maybe just turning around and saying, look, I know probably reasons for it, but can you just explain why this didn't happen or why that didn't happen? But some people go on there, man, you think it was the end of the world. It's like having a, having a right old pop. And it's like, for God's sake, man, people are running about left, right and centre to try and provide a service. So overall, mate, pat on the back of the PBA and the WBT for getting the event all done and dusted, mate, and hopefully it'll come back next year. 
if they can get the money. That's the yeah. big caveat, isn't it, mate? It's because uh, these don't these things don't spring up without any sponsorship. They don't. But hopefully, you know, it's, I know the cost of living crisis is going to play a big part in things. But I think the steps that have been taken over the last couple of years and the, the great work that's been done makes the whole thing a more attractive proposition. It's starting to become potentially a, a proper circuit where you might have three, four, five different competitions on now and massive viewing figures. That's got to be an attractive proposition to a to a lot of businesses out there so fingers crossed Right mate our last piece of streaming I've made the, the trip up to Glasgow to cover the ladies match play competition 35 players only three from England the lovely Jackie Anderson Gillian Inslee and Sam Richardson Martipool who I thought played really well and she was looking not to get past the first round Standard of play was spot on. Kerry Ann Davis, a worthy winner. The first time I've been to Glasgow Club, do you know when you, when you walk into somewhere and you get that smell of wood, like an old school hall, and you you, you walk in and you go, ah, a bit of history about it. Well, that's what I got when I walked into Glasgow Place. I go, ah, there's a bit of history here, mind you. <laughs> oh, that's frosty. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, they had a boardroom. The board, that this massive table in the boardroom wouldn't get oak table. I'm looking at them going, Ooh. <laughs> 16 black place mats around the table. I'm going, Oh, proper old club here. <laughs> a wall full of president's photos on the wall. I'm going, Oh, I doff me cap here. Gordon Wood, top man, absolutely top man. I think yeah. he's the manager up there. He's the bouncer on the door. He, do, he does everything. Absolutely great. Nice, spot on. Made as welcome. The club's 10 minutes from Hamden. The football, I mean, on a weekend, they, they generally get two to 300 people in the in the club. They, they, they take a boatload behind the bar, do really well. And But no, it, it was good. The immortal words that killed us, mind you. And when I walked in, Gordon says, oh, I've got a party party due to start at seven o'clock but the fact if we're quick with the final we'll be all right we'll be, we should be all right i've told the dj to keep it down a bit bye giddy aunt <laughs> so i knew what was coming yeah so we got to the final party started music on loud trying to build a soundroof wall around us then i heard lady gaga that's his eye lady gaga did us off we went and we ended up being in silent movie mode for the rest of the rest of the night but it was a good day I was busy doing a bit of commentary with Chatty, and we were busy commentating. All of a sudden, all we heard across the green, salad, salad. <laughs> we're going, where's that? Where's that? We're looking, no, I was an arch Jillian. So anyway, we'll let her go. A few minutes later, our ears, salad, salad. <laughs> so me and Jackie gets up. 1984, Ashford and Simpson classic, solid as a rock, Mexican wave. I'm getting old because Jillian didn't even know Pan's people or Evo stick. I heard that. What, uh, who, who doesn't know Pan's people? Quick mention to Andrew and Woody coming and doing a stint on the commentary with us. Um, it's the first time that anybody, it was the quarterfinals. It's the first time that anybody's commentated on three separate games apart from the one that was streaming. It was great. And she never uh, swore once. She did well yeah. not to swear. I saw her up at uh, West Lothian for the Scottish. She's uh, another one. There's, there's booked loads for the sport. Um, I was, it was good to hear her on that. It was good, mate. Enjoyed it. was a good week. It was a good good couple of days. It was thanks to the PBF for letting us stream the, the few events that we did. I know there was 27 qualifying events in total, which... Again, it's caps off to everybody, everybody that entered and what have you. Hopefully our streaming's helped to promote qualifiers and 
maybe tempt a few people to enter um, next season. So, all good, mate. Right, mate, something that caught my eye, a bit of a media release a while ago. Aero Bowls and Bowls Australia have parted their ways. The the statement from Aero Bowls was a little bit, was a little bit of a sting in the tail a bit. They were always the preferred manufacturer with Bowls Australia. Um, but in their media statement, they came out and said, we have become concerned about the reduction in the number of bowling clubs and the number of regular bowlers in Australia over this time. This has given us cause to rethink how best to support and grow the game and how best to use our sponsorship funding. Since we believe the current initiatives of all those involved in the game are not working in the way intended, we will support clubs and regular bowlers directly. They have done a lot. They've been a great partnership. Uh, they've introduced 70 colours, four grips, 12 sizes, 10 models. Bit of a surprise for you, mate, or not? I know you, you are... A little bit linked with Aero. I am uh, fully linked with Aero. Obviously, I'm, I'm contracted with it, so I'm, a, I'm, I'm still a current player with them. Uh, and no, absolutely no idea what the setup is in Australia. I've got no idea. Don't don't have any clue about what the the goings on is over there. Hensolite, obviously, recently just being taken over by a couple of the new guys over there. If I remember rightly, um, from what I saw, Alex has obviously gone back over there. So obviously, yeah, Hensolite are potentially trying to make a statement and, and do some big things over there. So don't know, don't know if it was a take a lease, whether it was a term, whether it's up for tender or whatever it is. But uh, every time we talk about was. Oh. Australian balls it's, it's always all a good good factor we never get anything like this out of Australia where things sort of like go the ways it's always follow the yellow brick road you know I what I mean know. I mean you know again you don't you don't listen to everything that's but it's not it's not all sunshine and bubbles over there I'm part of media groups in Australia and few twists and moans about things that happen in the in the structure of the game and the, the elite side and, and tenants and, and things like that so it's it's the same in every country yeah. you kind of please everybody all of the time but not like it's a big difference to any other country where you go over to Australia and everybody's got halos on and loves everything that goes on in Australia right. so there's there'll be, there'll be politics the same as everywhere else but at the end of the day it's both Australia's choices to who they want to partner up with if it's a tender process and hence like to come in with a better tender process and Aero have wanted something different then obviously it's their choice to make yeah. so aye, it's um, well, I suppose I suppose in in some respects sometimes you know it's nice to see different changes maybe there's a different outlook from from Henselite to Aero or whatever that might be and we're only only time will tell whether that benefits whoever within within the sport over in yeah. Australia I suppose but and then on the flip side, let's see what Aero do to support those individuals and, and clubs, like they've said. And it'll be interesting to see what media promotion comes from the Aero side of things over the course of the next couple of years. Thinking about the UK, um, I just read this week that Anglia Bulls, after 37 years, closing down business. It must be tough for the Bulls retailers at the minute, mate. You'd have good experience of it, being in the retail business previously, so... Yeah, it's. I mean, it was tough how many years ago when I was doing it. So I don't know how big Anglia Bowls are. I've really had a, a massive deal of experience of how big they are down in that area. But obviously, from the manufacturing side of things, there's massive delays that I think has been a bit of a knock-on effect from potentially the Suez Canal situation that stopped a lot of production and, and things happening. And then COVID kicked in and that obviously... So I know there's a lot of balls companies at the minute that are quoting like 18, 20 weeks for, for set, sets of balls to come through. Second-hand markets absolutely through the roof at the minute. So, I mean, people are coming on saying you're paying huge amounts. Oh, I still I say that tongue-in-cheek because still huge amounts is not a oh, huge I, amount I, I, in the yeah. scheme of things. Yeah. Without going into that again, but it's obviously in the, from where it has been, it's 
second-hand balls are probably just short of the level of what some of the newer balls were two or three years ago. So everybody's questioning why, but it's it's purely simply. It's like, can I get all of the new balls? So let's let's take advantage, and it's the same in all walks of life, isn't it? Oh, I, yeah, it's an opportunity there. It's an opportunity there. People going to take it. advantage, didn't you? That's right, right yeah. So, Exactly. But no, it's, I mean it's a shame. Frankly, it's always a shame to see businesses go out of you know out of business. But um, the cost of postage and things like that. And the biggest thing that hit me was you had to spend like X amount of money to get free postage. Otherwise, postage costs were quite high, which then ate into what was the small margins between what you were selling the stuff for anyway. And it's like when you get your customers coming in, all right, mates, rates and all that. Are you counting oh, on mates, your rates, money? Eh? Oh, oh, mate, tap your shirt off, be back. Why don't you? Yeah. Hey, tuck the tuck the sandwich out my hand, tuck the pasta out my hand. Come some cheesecake, you've got no chance. <laughs> yeah, I have not a chance. Take your hand off. That's what I should have done, actually. I should have opened a cheesecake shop instead of the wall <laughs> shop, but then I would have probably lost fifty percent of your profits and made sixteen to another. Sitting there sitting there waiting <laughs> <I'll have> with, <laughs> with salted caramel. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's sad. Right, mate. We always say when you come on the podcast, and I'm going to repeat this later on, that you always win something. Champion of Champions, the World Champion of Champions, Outdoors, New Zealand, Mr. Tolshard. Nine wins, one loss in the round robin, finished top of his group. A semi-final win over Gary McClory, and then a win over Malaysia's. He's a one for you. Is it Shamia Duzale Pele? I don't know, is it? <laughs> you like, like that one? I don't know, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Are you telling us or are you asking us? I don't know. I'm telling you. There's, no, there's another one that we cut out, otherwise, we'll be doing for some. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff from Sam. All right. I'll tell you what. He, he, I think he, he said in his interview after, I would I would probably say I haven't had the experience, but from what I've heard, it's really, really hard work out there. Really hard work to play for. Three balls. weeks, man. It, it, in the wind out there, I know I'm talking to Louis and Sam previously um, when they were out there in the World Championships. And they were like, like you just the wind just is just ridiculous. You can be like outside the rink sometimes to try and accommodate for it. Or so some of the ends again, what we mentioned is about Australia in the past as well, where some of the ends look scrappy, but it's not caused by the ball or it's caused by just a little breeze at times. You kind of you kind of tell, can you, when you're watching the stream, you sort of say, "Well, it's crap end, this isn't it?" <laughs> Even uh, though the, the, the standard horizontal in the wind. <laughs> I, I think Sam said as well, he said he watched the women's and it was on the same rink. And then the, when, the, when they were playing, they were like another two and a half foot wider than what, what the women were. So it obviously changed quite a bit, but um, I did want to try and stay up and watch it live. But I'm, uh, I'm too lazy and I was asleep. But when I woke up and he played two big ones, didn't he? To flick did, that I seen, I seen the runner at the, um, I mean, I've seen the highlights and what I, but he's, he's the way he ditched it. I wouldn't really say it was a three quarter minute. I think it was a short three quarter. Well, there was no near. <laughs> And he just yeah. ditched it. Aye. I mean, it was a catch-22 for, for the Malaysian one because he either... It was, there was too much space to give Sam the draw, then Jack and the Ditch won the game. Yeah. So do you, do you forfeit the fact of let him try and draw it and it goes to an extra end? Or do I get to the tee and stop him from giving that chance? And I suppose in the big scheme of things, you'd probably think I'd, I'd rather have another ball in there and make him try and beat it than is he going to hit a bare white? Great for Sam. It's his, I think it's true the BBC put it was his first world, was world like, title. Yeah, yeah. Well, it makes up for the Commonwealth Games. I don't know. It, it's got to end end of these uh, outdoor season. I mean, they did play indoors as well because the green was underwater. But there was there was two things that came to me, mate. If you if anybody can watch the the highlights, when any any time anybody fired in that final, the marker was like a hundred meters strip printer out the blocks up the wicket. 
he ran up going, where's he off to? He's away up the green. He's away up the green. Then he turns around and whoa! <laughs> I'm going, what's he doing? What's he doing? And the other one... The other one gonna, he's not going to be trying to stop the ball down the ditch, is it? It's getting too long now. We'll get forfeit, right? Get right now. And the other one, I read the World Bowl's report, and there was a line in, in the report that really brought a smile to me face. The Malaysian lad won the second set, and this is the line that it was. The gritty Malaysian was all over him like a cheap suit. <laughs> okay. Where does that well, come must, from? I must admit, I, I did drop uh, some of your message earlier in the week as well, because one of the reports had the Dachshund Tolchard. The Dachshund. The Dachshund Tolchard. As he wrote it himself. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's the yeah. first time I've seen him see a bit of motion for him when he when he grabbed the jack on that uh, tiebreaker. I mean, if you watched him on the top of the screen, oh, definitely. He was uh, kicking just as well. The marker wasn't there. He nearly kicked him. He would have kicked him in, <laughs> kicked him over height. Yeah, over the over the moon for the lad. Yeah. It's, uh, absolutely great, right. great so, stuff. Absolutely to Right, mate, there we go, short and sweet, show 44. Our next show will be our Boxing Day special. It might be early December when this goes out, so we wish you all a happy Christmas. Get it in early. Thanks for all your support over the last 12 months and for the streaming. A little bit of a World Championships preview again, aren't we, for the... Uh... Yeah, we've got a mystery guest and a superhero coming on. So that's me and you. I don't know where the other two are. <laughs> I've got a pound in my pocket that says that they're going to look like the Mitchell brothers again. <laughs> <laughs> anyway folks that's it short and sweet this one uh, we'll see you on Boxing Day thanks very much take care all happy Christmas thank you for listening and hope you've enjoyed the show This has been a dodgy production.